There's got to be an explanation to all these UFO sightings, right? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAPpodcast.com. The choice of a lawyer is important and shouldn't be based on an ad. If you're seriously hurt in an accident, you'll want all the money you deserve. That's called justice. But there wouldn't be lawyers if justice was easy. No, justice is not easy. It's fought for and it's won. At Brown and Crouppen, we fight for justice every day. If you want some, call 222-2222. Because at Brown and Crouppen, justice is our business. Now, it's the Brown and Crouppen Morning After on KPNT HD2, Collinsville, St. Louis. And it's presented to you by Brown and Crouppen. And we are in the Michelob Ultra Studios. And boys and girls, this is big news. For the design, air, heating, and cooling email of the day today. Ratchet it up. Because we are giving away a Friday pack to upcoming Cardinal games. Five games. This five-game pack features tickets to five Friday night games, including showdowns with the Dodgers. Brewers, and more. Give the gift of Cardinal Baseball. Holiday tickets are on sale now and start at just $55. For complete pack details, visit cardinals.com slash holiday. How do you do? So we are giving away tickets to a Cardinal game. Are we giving away the pack, Jackson? What are we giving away? Oh, we're giving away the pack. Baby. The oh. pack! If you thought that was good, more to come for the rest of the design air, heating, cooling, email of the day. What's still to come? Week. Oh, we got PAX galore PAX coming season. up this week. So ratchet up your game, boys How great a Christmas present would that be to give somebody a big gift pack of a oh, bunch yeah. of Cardinal tickets? How great would it be to win the design air heating and cooling meal today and get the pack? How about that? Yeah, do both. Double header. Uh, the morning after at InsideSTL.com. We're giving that away in an hour. So there is incentive to send in emails for today's design air heating and cooling email today. Buck Swope, your leader for the month of December. Gabe DeArmond brought to you by James Carlton coming your way at approximately 9, oh, I'd say 9, 9.05. Hell, I don't know. We got the year-end awards this Thursday at Hot Shots. Show will be off on Friday following the festivities on Thursday night. It is expected to be a pony, and I think 90% chance there will be sapphic play. You think that much? Mm-hmm. That's how I look at it. 90%? 90% chance. Beer Cats is going to be there. I assume that he'll be wandering table to table showcasing his ketchup marrying skills. I can see that. I can see that. A couple of bottles in his hands at all time. I can see Pouring that. the one with the little end to the one with the most. Everybody can do something, Will. And that's what he is very good it, at. It'll keep you employed. Yeah. Uh, so that's Thursday at Hot Shots in uh, Webster Groves. Come on by, and there is no cover charge. That has been confirmed by Jay Boyd, but we'd like you, if you could, bring a toy, new unwrapped toy, on behalf of our good friend Jennings Randolph Jr., the great Jennings. Yeah, he is great. There's not a day goes by that I don't see something that reminds me of him. Um, I was wondering this weekend, because I was going through the list, who won the um, 
Jay Randolph Good Guy Award last year? It was named on his behalf. It was Jennings. We gave it to Jay, and then we named it after him. Yeah. I okay. mean, Amy spoke. Okay. His... Yeah, I remember Amy spoke, but I didn't know if we, I couldn't remember if we gave it to Jay or we gave it to somebody. Because I know it's named after Jay. I don't know. We the Jennings it. Randolph Jr. Good Guy Award. Okay. So we're giving that again this year? Yep, indeed. Uh-huh. Well, that's nice. Got to keep the name alive. Yeah. We don't have a Whatever. ton of good guys in a... Oh, no. Oh, no. The audience's character is being skewered. You don't think we have any candidates? <laughs> we'll have to come up with some, I guess. Well, do they have to be listeners? Well, yeah. Could that's... they be sponsors? or sp- Some sponsors are listeners. Yeah, I would think so. I mean, our sponsors listen to the show. Yeah. Yeah, we'll think about it. <laughs> think about this, Glenn Betts Jewelers, Doug. You know, I mean, here we are. We're two weeks away from prominent winter holiday. Christmas. And many might be thinking, you know what? I think I'm going to get engaged. Okay. Well, then go to Glenn Betts Jewelers and, and, and see Craig and, and see David and, and take care of it. And you're going to be working with people who are going to take great care of you. Uh, they're located one mile east to 270 on Manchester in De Pere. In the jewelry business, there is good, better, and then there is Bets. They get to know your life, your lifestyle, and who and what you love. Those are the three L's. G-L-E-N-N-B-E-T-Z Jewelers.com. That's Glenn Betts Jewelers, a perfect place to go for the holiday season. And especially if you're thinking about getting engaged, many do. It's cuffing season. Glenn it's Betts Jewelers. Great engagement rings there. Great selection. Go on a Saturday, you might run into Missy. Craig's wife and my first girlfriend. Oh, your first girlfriend? She was my first crush in grade school. A crush or a girlfriend? Uh, Gail Volva. I mean, you really don't have a girlfriend in grade school. I mean, I considered Joan Wandersy a girlfriend, and all I did was walk her home from school. How, how young are we talking here? Yeah, fourth grade. So 10 years old? Something like that. Okay. She's still beautiful. Would she remember you? Oh, hell yes. Because you were so tight in fourth grade. No, because I know Craig. Oh, okay. And I know There's Adam. no tension there, is there? Because he no. kind of he kind of took her from you. No, we're great friends. All right. Yeah, he took her from me twenty years later. Yeah. Yeah. She broke your heart. No, I, she didn't. I was okay. in fourth grade. Well, I know, but emotions are fragile. I think I stopped seeing her, and I started seeing Joan because Joan made me a cupcake from her easy bake oven. Oh, this was fifth grade. Yeah. Please do not let Ken have any input on the Jay Jr. Award. Shea Bumberbender doesn't need an award. That's from Beer Cats. Shea Bittenbender, right? That's correct. It's called Bumberbender by Beer Cats. <laughs> Heck of a baller. That's right. Indeed. Yeah, I think I know what the award's about, dumbass. Oh. Well, I, I can Don't tell you one thing, you're not going to win it. I can tell you that right now. So. How do you know for sure? Well, I can tell you he's not going to win it. Well, who votes on this? We all do. We I, all do. But I'll guarantee I will talk any of you guys out of it. <laughs> Why would you do that? He seems like a good enough guy. Yeah, how I fought him. Well, that's not a stipulation. <laughs> yeah, he's good enough. He banged a married woman. Let's give it to him. Oh, was that this year? When was that wife on? I, like I think it was. Man. I feel like it was the November of 22. Yeah. Maybe October. Was it last November because we were at Thanksgiving know. talking about it. That's right. Yeah. We were talking about when did he make up this Talk, of, talk of my table. 
Downing the last dregs of my gin and tonic, I felt surprisingly at ease. I was on a date with a man from Bumble, and so far, everything had gone swimmingly. He looked like his photos, hadn't lied about his height, and he smelt of a manly aftershave that mm. gave me goosebumps. Yes, this date was definitely going well, and clearly, I wasn't the only one who thought so, as he soon scooted his chair closer to mine. Quote, I've got something to show you, said oh, Bob, asterisk, with a cheeky smile. Is this a girl talking? What is that noise? Doug, what do we hear? Is there, is there somebody pissing Toilet again? Toilet malfunction? Oh, look, uh, oh, that's my computer. Like oh, okay. Oh. I've got something to show you, said Bob, asterisk, with a cheeky smile, but it's a bit unconventional. My curiosity peaked. I found my eyes scanning his body from any hints as to what he might be hiding. Could it be a secret tattoo with either a hilarious or sweet backstory, or perhaps a birthmark shaped like whales? No, it's hog. But perhaps I could get my answer. But before I could get my answer, he went to fetch us two more tipples. Huh? What's, What's a, a tipple? tipple? I don't know. Anybody know what a tipple is? Is that a brand name of a drink? No, lowercase. Using context clues, I have to think it's a drink, like some sort of slang for a drink. I waited for him to return anxiously, my mind abuzz with theories about what it could be. And as soon as he returned, the question was out there. Quote, so what's your secret? I asked flirtatiously. He smiled before announcing proudly, I'm wearing a cock ring. Oh. oh. Granted, I'd been single for a while, seven years to be exact, but there was no way I could hide the shock from my face. Like many of my friends, I dipped in and out of using dating apps for several years now, and yes, I'd had my share of disastrous dates. I had a pretty abysmal track record of men either lying about their age, height, and hobbies, or looking nothing like their pictures. But with Bob, we'd been texting for a few days and seemed a good fit. There was already a certain level of chemistry over message, and I thought sparks may very well fly if we met in person. I don't think I admitted it then, but... Bob was pretty much my last-ditch attempt before I retired from the app game completely. We agreed to meet at a pub near the station, as that was pretty central for both of us. Nervous, I made sure to arrive bang on time. Don't you like that? No, I don't. Stop saying it. And to my delight, Bob was already there waiting for me. More importantly, I recognized him immediately as he looked exactly like his pictures. Tick and tick. What does that mean? Tick and tick. <laughs> The boxes. I tick that box. Oh, I like oh that okay, box. that's probably it. Yeah. Bob stood to greet me and gave me a peck on the oh. cheek. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I was stingray. We're point about ten seconds ago, but the computer. Just, Do you give a peck on the awful. cheek to someone you just met? No. Uh, no. Jackson, did you give your new friend a peck on the cheek? No. Yeah, I agree with that. Did you tell her you had a C ring? No, because I would have been a lie. <laughs> but I did wear a butt plug. Oh, uh, you wore it? No. Now I'm getting too personal. Put that off. Do you lie about your height? No. Why are you lying about the height thing? She said that twice. I know. Like that, must be, that must be a real issue out there. Of all things to lie about, I mean, that one comes unraveled pretty quick. Ah, it? Yeah. Tough yeah. to hide that. How do you fake that? Oh, I'm Work. sorry. <laughs> I said I was 31. Yeah, I'm actually 59. Wear a C ring. They won't be worried about your height anymore. Exactly. This seems like this article might go on for a while, Jack. It's, it's, right? it's a touch worthy. If you scroll past some of that BS, <laughs> you can get to the real All meat right. of it. Everything had been going well, and then came his cockering confession. <laughs> mm. 
I beg your pardon, I asked in utter bewilderment at the statement he just made. She was nonplussed. That's right. <laughs> Though in all fairness, I probably didn't need to say a word. The look of total shock was undoubtedly written across my face. Now, I'm no prude, but as far as I was aware, a cock ring was a battery-powered gadget to prolong erections. <laughs> Not wrong, but... What possessed him to wear it on our first date, I'll never know. Our conversations over text have been mildly flirtatious, fine, but they never entered the realm of sexting or the use of sex toys. As I mulled this over, trying to work out if I'd given any suggestion that this was my thing, I realized I was gaping? How <laughs> <laughs> ah, do you just realize that? She was gaping? Mind if you lay your love on my butt? You didn't say that, did you? Well, she did. You Thank just said you. it. Thank you for the delicious boner. What was the... Where was that recorded? Can you read that? Can you read that line again? I realized that, but maybe it's gawping? It looks like gawping. What is that? I don't know. This is from across the pond, Doug. Maybe slang How do you spell word. that? Gaping with a W. That's right. Clip which is the name of my new podcast. <laughs> I realized I was gaping or gawping. You're just repeating yourself for... Five paragraphs. It is crotch, and he was given some serious leg spread for me to get a better view. Oh. Did he have it out? <laughs> Confused. I wanted to change the subject. But weirdly, I also wanted to know more. Why? Why would you do that? Are you walking around with a constant heart on? I asked in a hurry. I like that. She asked that in a hurry. He just laughed at my questions and simply explained that it was solid silver and that he liked the way it made him feel. This all prompted him to brag about his ferocious sex drive. Gosh. First date. I wish I'd never asked because this then prompted him to tell me about his sexcapades, how he never had trouble pulling in clubs and found the whole getting to know you portion of dating boring because he's always horny. <laughs> he even bragged about how much he loves pleasuring women and told me all about the other things he likes, such as threesomes, but only with other women. At this point, I began feeling uncomfortable and kept shifting in my seat. Yeah. He must have mistook my unease for excitement as he then decided to lean over and say, I bet you're a kinky bitch. Okay, stop <laughs> it. Why are you sitting there so long? This is just, we're in the getting to know you stage. Wouldn't you be out, out of there by now? No, she said she asked in a hurry. <laughs> I said, I don't think we're a good match, but loads of luck and grabbed my coat, left my drink, and legged it. You like that, Doug? Legged it. it. Legged know. it out of there. Cheese well, it. It's the fuzz. <laughs> <laughs> Legs wobbling with all the adrenaline. I called my best mate as soon as I got out, who, as a gay man, wanted to know all about it in the size of his penis. Oh. <laughs> this is like the stereotype. Oh, this, this poor girl. <laughs> She can't even win with the gay guys. <laughs> yeah, he thought it was hysterical. I called my best girlfriend next, and she was much more disgusted. I never heard from Bob again, and I deleted my dating apps after that night. Mm. It was the final straw after a succession of bad dates. It's now been 12 months since I used Bumble or any dating app for that matter, and I can honestly say I will not be trying my luck again. What kind of a question is this for Dear Deidre? Uh, I don't think this was Dear Deidre, Jackson. What did you send here? Is this Metro.co? Metro.co. Oh, just yeah. articles. Or... <laughs> it was written by well, Sarah D. I bet women do run up against some real creeps that they meet online. Don't you know that they met up with just some nightmares? I would creeps? imagine they kind of know the tells, though, to filter it out. I would think, but hell, I don't know. Online, he calls himself a Latino man 559. <laughs> yeah. Well, this guy, I guess, is... His strategy is go full bore at the beginning if they're either really into it or really not. It's kind of like doing an onside kick to start the game. You know? My guess is she probably threw some kind of uh, in 
as she said that we were messaging, she probably threw some kind of little tidbits into the messaging that made him think, I got a shot here. Yeah, but even if you're, like, throwing a little tidbit out there, do you just say such a, no. such a brash thing? No, you don't. And what percentage of women would actually go along with that approach? I had sex, and now Dad is dead. See, because your father can wind up dead. I've always wondered that myself, because I've seen a few of them at Hito. I mean, when you put that thing... I think thing... the rules are a little different at Hito than... No, I'm talking about... I have sex with girls when I want to. I'm talking about the C-ring. Well, you wouldn't have to tell anybody at Hito, right? They just see. Yeah, but I mean, the, the point is, that I'm asking is, in order for it to fit, don't you have to be a certain... Hardness to fit, and then when you're, you're not that hard, wouldn't it come off? I, I, I've never even seen one. I don't know. You're looking at me like I'm, I've, got, I've got all answers kind. Yeah. I don't. Well, if anybody out there wears one, let me know how do, they, how do you get it on to fit when they first Big do it. purple dillies. Oh. <laughs> Ken defending the creepy guy is the least surprising thing in the world. That's from Tervis Parish. Where did I defend the guy? <laughs> You said she probably let him on with some well, flirtatious yeah, well, comments. Probably some flirtatious, but that's no reason for him. No, to guys not. are freaking hey, weird. Hey, here's something you need to know right away. Creeps. What percentage of women would go for that approach? Like 1%? That's why girls that's a good question. And they'd have to be really desperate. I mean, really, really desperate. Girls can't even have, like converse with a male without the guy going, oh, she wants me. She wants me. Yeah. I'm going to bang that broad. So, like, <laughs> dude, no wonder why girls ignore every guy. Because mm-hmm. my guess is she didn't give any tells at all. The guy was horny and just said, it's my time to shine. Mm-hmm. Well, my point is that she didn't lead him on. But if she said something to this guy to the effect of, I'm really looking forward to this. Haven't been on a date in so long. and You look, you look great. And... Well, and he probably took that out? the wrong way, and then he said, I'm going full bore. So I'm not blaming her, but I'm just saying when you have a guy that's, that's probably that perverted that he thinks all the girls want it, that you get one little tidbit like that, and he thinks I'm in. Yeah. But I understand she said, and he spread his legs to show me. Well, unless he took it out in the restaurant, you didn't see anything. Doug, did you take it out? I don't know. It's Come here, big fella. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, the Colonel's going to join us to give us his thoughts on the article. Okay. He's brought to you by James Carlton of the Carlton State Farm Insurance Agency. Uh, Plowhawk, you tell me, should I break now? I would get... get... We can do Gabe now. All yeah, right. I think Gabe now Let's might bring be in, better. Uh, I bet James is here. Yeah. Is he? All right. uh, yeah, you guys just open the door and I'll call Gabe right now. All right, there, there you go. Uh, the Colonel is going to be uh, joining us here momentarily, Doug. And... Uh, Getting his perspective on the goings and comings and comings and goings in the world of uh, college, I guess, football. You'll have a question about Missouri okay. basketball. Where are you going? Iggy, Iggy's getting dressed. Well, the guest is coming in. Oh. You say open the door and let Yeah, yeah this is actually okay. smart on Iggy's part to let All right. James, James Carlton get dressed. Uh, Illinois Recovery Center is a wonderful sponsor of this particular radio program, which is called TMA Podcast, whatever you want to call it. I don't know. The Illinois Recovery Center is dedicated to providing precise and authentic care to those seeking help and treatment. Whether you've made the life-saving choice to seek help on your own or you want to be prepared for the other end of an addiction intervention with a loved one, the chance to learn about addiction recovery is available to you at the Illinois Recovery Center in Swansea. If you or someone you know wants more information about the Illinois Recovery Center, please call 888-472-9559 or email info at IllinoisRecoveryCenter.com and check them out on their Facebook page, Illinois Recovery Center. James Carlton's in here. Hi, James. Good morning, fellas. Hello, James. 
Ah, what is the word? I guess the Chiefs, uh, that, that, that play is dominating the sports cycle. Oh, is that what's going on? Yeah. yeah do, do you think that they're just doing this to try to cover up for their guy? I feel like it has to be. They can't be seriously Must complaining be. that bad about I mean, obviously. Colonel's a Chiefs fan. Maybe he's going to tell us. Morning, Colonel. <laughs> okay. Hey, Colonel. Uh, uh, James Carlton was just talking about the, uh, the end of the Chiefs game. What is your emotion and feeling angle on that whole thing? Uh, Kadarius Tony may be the first player in NFL history to legitimately single-handedly cost his team two games simply by being on the roster. <laughs> uh, I am not here for the whining. I was kind of caught off guard by it. I mean, he, he doesn't know where to stand. That's not anybody's fault. That's why the Colonel's the greatest. Mm-hmm. He, just didn't, he didn't get a play to the audience. I'm mm-hmm. sure some of your readers want to hear you bitch about the officiating, I guess. I don't know. But the colonel just tells you what he thinks. He doesn't care. That's yeah. so wonderful. In the Twitter era of writers writing to jerk off their audiences, oh. the colonel says, here's what I think, and you might not like it, but I don't really care. And that's why the colonel is my mm. listener of the year. <laughs> really? <laughs> Absolutely. Excellent. Yeah, well, offsides is offsides. I, I feel like I should listen more to qualify for the listeners. <laughs> yeah. You don't have to. Yeah, good. <laughs> oh. uh, Gabe, I was reading your uh, story on PowerMizzou.com regarding this past weekend's Missouri-Kansas game and uh, how, in reality, uh, for most people at this point, it just doesn't hold the same weight because you lay out the math and if you really recall the times of those games mattering, uh, you probably are around 40 or older at this point, and it just doesn't have the same makeup. You also mentioned, of course, Missouri's expectation wasn't to win, but just in general, the rivalry doesn't have the same intensity for a good portion of the fan base. Elaborate if you would find, sir. I just think it's different. It's a, it's a one-off now. It's closer and... I've got to be careful here because I understand. And look, I'm one of these people who was raised with in the middle of this rivalry. Like you pick sides, you did it early. Uh, you you were explaining the reasons why the other side was terrible human beings and all that. So I get it. I just I don't know. Even for myself, I don't watch Kansas basketball and pay attention and care about it like I did 15 years ago. You know, because it's just – it's a non-conference game. It's its more important than the other non-conference games, but it's a lot closer to the Illinois rivalry, I think, than it ever used to be. I, I mean, and maybe this was different in St. Louis, but like Illinois, even before I started covering the team, when I just was a Missouri basketball fan growing up, like I disliked Illinois that one night, but it wasn't this all-year-round thing, right. whereas – KU, MUKU was 365 days a year. You know, like you wanted those people to have bad Christmases. Um, And I I just don't think it's, it's just not the same. I I don't know. And some people will push back. I understand it's the same for some people. And, you know, like there are Mizzou students now and KU students who I think they chant the right things and they show up for that game and they on some level get that it's bigger than the rest of them. But I don't think they can ever know what it was like. Like you know, Tim, you and I were at the Corey Tate game in '96, or um, you know, watching Miles Simon in Arizona beat KU in the '98 tournament. Or I just don't think the feelings have the same depth now that it's a one-off every year. I wonder if some of it too is is just where you live in the state. I'm sure that Mizzou, Kansas is much bigger rivalry in Kansas City than it is here. Oh yeah. And the Missouri-Illinois rivalry is much yeah. bigger here than it is in Kansas City. It's kind of where you live. I would 
imagine. Yeah, I, I think that's definitely a part of it. I, I mean, if you live in Kansas City and they're featured in the newspaper every day and on talk radio and all that, you probably have a little more animosity than uh, those of us that live further east. Yeah. Do you come away from that game more optimistic about Dennis Gates' squad? I think so. Um, it was just a really weird game to me. I mean, when it finished, I, I didn't really know what to think about it. Like, on one hand, I thought, hey, they, you know, hung within nine. I mean, I legitimately told people that morning if they can come within ten points, I think they should be allowed to count it as a victory. Um, you know, so they, they fulfilled the expectation um, – and they, what I learned about them is they're tough. They're they're not going to roll over. They're going to fight. But also, like I didn't think KU played particularly well. Some of that had to do with Missouri. I was impressed with Gates' game plan. He clearly went in and said, "We're not going to let Hunter Dickinson beat us." And the difference between a team at Kansas's level and a team at Missouri's level right now is. You did everything you could to not let Hunter Dickinson beat you, and they have K.J. Adams who can beat you. Um, you know, if you take Sean East away from Missouri right now, offensively, I, I'm not sure how they beat a good team. So I, I just walked away saying, you know, it was a game where, yeah, Missouri hung in, but there legitimately was not one second where I thought Missouri was going to win that game. You know, even at, at 25 or whatever, it was an eight- or nine-point lead, with about 12 minutes left in the first half, I, I told the guy next to me, I said, if they have this lead with 43 seconds left, I might believe they'll win the game. <laughs> you know, and, and that's yeah. not a knock on Missouri. I've just, I've seen Kansas in that building. And then they deserve credit for coming back when they were down 18 and, and making it an eight point game and having chances to make it closer. But every time they had a, a chance to make it a two-possession game, which is, to me, where you really kind of start saying, okay, now there's some pressure on the other team. I, it didn't happen. So I never really felt like there was a possession in that game where where Kansas was really in danger of coughing up that entire lead. Uh, Colonel, let's uh, switch to football. Uh, any uh, recruiting slash transfer portal news? That's what the people want to hear from uh, you at this point in December. <laughs> yeah. I mean, not yet. Uh, I mean, other than obviously Toriano Pride committed right. uh, whatever it was Wednesday or Thursday night last week. Um, but nothing yet. They had a couple kids in town this weekend. Um, uh, sometimes transfers will commit on a visit. There were some of them across the country. But more and more, like Sunday used to be the day where, hey, you know, you might have five or six commitments out of an official visit weekend because the kids just all committed and then, people like me would get a hold of them afterwards and they'd say, yeah, I committed and here's the story. Well, now everybody's got to go home and take two days to make graphics and videos and stuff for social media. So Sunday really is very rarely a busy day anymore in recruiting. It's more you're waiting for Tuesday and Wednesday after these kids visited to get everything produced. And it's less common with transfers than high school kids, but it still happens pretty often. We may have asked you this in, in weeks past, but is, is Mizzou expected to lose a number of players to the portal? Yeah, I think there's about eight guys in right now. I mean, they've got to lose another six or eight because uh, they're going to bring in 10 to 12, and there's just not room. And, and, I mean, you can go through the roster and figure out, oh, well, hey, this guy's been here two or three years, and he's not really playing. I mean, that's going to be most of it. I, I don't think you can ever completely discount the idea that, like, after the bowl game, a starter could leave just because I, you can't discount that idea anywhere anymore. I mean, everybody's a free agent every year, so – some of them want to take advantage of it. But I think for the most part, 
you know, I, I don't think there will be many transfers where you look and go, well, that, that really surprises me or, or really impacts them a whole lot. I forget Macklin's first name, uh, not Jeremy, of course, the one that was on Mizzou's roster a few years Jamori. ago. Yeah, Jamori. He transferred, I think, to North Texas, something like that. And now he's got offers from every Power 5 program in the country. So you, you see the kind of the benefit of a guy that doesn't see themselves getting on the field, transferring to a smaller school, having a big year like he did. And look at him now. I mean, he's got he's got his pick. Right, and I, I mean, good for him, for sure. Uh, I think he visited Kentucky this weekend. But that's one of the things. I don't think he should be able to do it twice. I, one free transfer I'm good with. And I understand he's a grad transfer and all that. But to me, hey, anybody can make a mistake, go to the wrong place. Maybe there's a coaching change, whatever. One free transfer I'm fully on board with. But, I'm, I mean, you've got kids playing at three and four schools. It, theoretically, you could commit somewhere out of high school, get paid by them to go there, go for a year, transfer somewhere else, Stay there for two years. If you came in with enough credits and you do summer right, you can then graduate in three years, transfer as a grad transfer, and you still have two years of eligibility. So theoretically, transfer as a grad transfer again. I mean, you can go to four schools in five years, or I guess that'd be, yeah, four schools in five years, get paid by all of them, and be in pretty good shape by the time you go pro. I, I mean, I I get why they have the grad transfer rule, but it it started as this thing where they said, if you want to go to grad school and you still have eligibility left, you can transfer, but you can only transfer if the school you're transferring to offers a degree program that your school doesn't offer. I mean, that's a sham. I, I, God love all these football players who are quite clearly trying to become doctors and lawyers in grad <laughs> school, um, but that was never the reason why they were transferring. You could do that, have yourself a nice little five-year professional college career and retire with <laughs> – Couple million dollars in yeah. the bank at age twenty-three. I don't know. Right. Go, uh, go into the insurance game, and, and you got a nice little nest. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Colonel uh, Cody Schrader finished eighth in the Heisman voting. That is the yeah. uh, highest a Missouri player has finished since Chase Daniel, uh, fourth in two thousand seven. Doug, was that right? Two thousand seven. Yeah. I think that's right. Uh, you voted him third. Uh, you said Jaden Daniels won. Uh, did Penix? Penix finished. Second, your thoughts on Schrader and in uh, the Heisman? Well, I thought Cody was a, a good third place vote. Um, look, he wasn't going to win it. Everybody knew he wasn't going to win it, right? He did but get one first place I vote. That was not from the Colonel, for the he? record. Yeah, he did get one first place vote, two seconds, and I think twenty-two thirds. Um, but I, I kind of like when when there's not an obvious. Like I thought there was an obvious winner this year, and then just a bunch of other guys who were pretty good, like. I didn't really think Marvin Harrison had a invited to the Heisman ceremony type year. I was but, very, hey, was I was player. very confused uh, by the Marvin Harrison thing. It's nothing against Marvin Harrison. I just, for the life of me, don't get the Marvin Harrison thing. Yeah, it was. It, I mean, look, I think there's a very good chance he actually is the best player in college football. Yes. I mean, he's a really. Good I know player. exactly what you mean, but, but he didn't have but the, the year. year. Didn't match, that, right, right? You know, so um, I thought uh, Daniels was was head and shoulders above everybody. I, I thought I really liked Penix and and thought he had a, a deserving year um, and so put him second and then there was nobody that I just said well clearly he belongs in a, a category different from everybody else and so I I thought Cody deserved some recognition and uh, put him third on the ballot and uh, you know good for him top ten finish that's uh, I, I, there's no shame in that he may still get first team All American don't you think got a shot at that. 
Yeah, a lot of people have put him on their All-American teams. I don't know if the AP All-American team has come out yet. I don't think it has, but a lot of people have had him first team along with Ollie Gordon from uh, Oklahoma State. You know, I know that I, Like, look, you can make arguments that there are other running backs that could get on there, and if Cody somehow ends up second team, I know it will be like, you know, treated as the biggest travesty and insult in the history of sports, which obviously it would still be really good, but I, I would vote him first team. Uh, who do you think winds up winning the National Coach of the Year? Kellen DeBoer? <sighs> you know, um, I mean, there's there's a lot of... Uh, uh, the Eddie Robinson DeBoer Award, for the record. I, I know there's a I bunch guess. of awards. The Eddie Robinson Coach of the Year. Yeah, I, I guess Sarkeesian could be a candidate, yeah. and I can't remember. I know Drinkwitz is a finalist. I can't remember who the who all the finalists are you know i mean i think jeff Brom has to be a candidate yeah. for that 10 and 2 at louisville during the and i understand they look bad and lost the acc title game but like nobody expected them to be nearly as good as they are um i don't know i honestly maybe you should give it to sharon Moore, right i mean i i would get if i like had to bet it would be kalen DeBoer. But, but, I, but wasn't like oh, Washington was not a surprise playoff team, and that, that's not a. I mean, good. For, he's done a good job, I, you I know. Just, but I, I just think that generally tends to go to somebody who's a little bit more of a surprise. I think I think they're more of a surprise than I. I mean, certainly you can pick in the SEC teams and the the Big Ten right. obvious ones. I, maybe maybe I'm off. That's why I'm asking about it. And then that lends into the whole Heisman thing. The fact, and I saw you writing about it, like how Penix and Daniels was as close as it was speaks to people voting based on a team's performance versus what the award is from the letter of the law, which is the most outstanding player. Uh, the most valuable player, I understand, if you, okay, a team was in last place, then the team itself didn't have much value. So therefore, uh, apparently the, the most valuable player was Jordan Travis. Yeah, yeah, because then they're in fifth place uh, now. But. But Jaden Daniels and Michael Penix being – I mean, Penix has been injured. I, I think Michael Penix might be, when he's healthy, the, the perhaps the best. But uh, he hasn't been the same guy since earlier in the season. But to his credit, they still were able to beat Oregon a second time. And maybe these three weeks will give him some time to uh, to heal up before playing Texas. But uh, that's, that's why I wonder if they will vote based on the undefeated team that got into the playoff and you know it won't be Harbaugh or if they will vote based on expectation versus realistic performance. And that's why I was asking your, your opinion on it. Yeah, I'd, I'd have to go through. And, again, I might I might vote Jeff Brown, to be quite honest with you. I, I think he did a heck of a job. Uh, I mean, you know, Lane Kiffin's done a really good job. Again, I don't remember who the finalists are. Drinkwitz, I know, is one of the finalists. He's not going to win National Coach of the Year, but uh, he did win SEC Coach of the Year. Yeah. Is there a ticket-buying frenzy in Columbia for the Cotton Bowl? People going nuts trying to get their hands on a couple? I mean, they sold it out in 24 hours, yeah. So I would imagine that, um, you know, everybody has been busy on the secondary market since then. I I think it will be well attended for the fans. Uh, Gabe, doesn't voting Cody first on one ballot show how silly the Heisman voting process is? That's from the Illsider. I mean, the Heisman voting process is silly. I don't know if that's what proves what it is. (laughs) It it, It does seem like a lot of people I'm surprised have ballots have ballots for this. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, well, because once you get a ballot, 
Like, you have to give it up to ever lose. I mean, I could go cover NASCAR tomorrow if I wanted to, and I don't think they would come for my ballot unless I said, hey, guys, I don't really watch this anymore. I just don't know how you could watch college football this year and not go, well, obviously Jaden Daniels is in another world versus everybody else. I don't. I think they like the hype, and that's why they have so many voters. Whoever has a vote likes to talk yeah. about it, and so and then, they're, the then they're geographically broken down. Like people in the Pacific Northwest are pissed that people in the South voted Daniels, and people in the South are pissed that Penix got votes. And I'm just going. I watched them all. I, I listen. I'll be honest. I watched more Daniels than than Penix, but I watched a good amount of Penix. Didn't see as much Oregon. Um, and I'm just like, what? Do, I can't even believe we're having this conversation. I, I, you know, I mean, Daniels single-handedly went into Columbia and beat a top ten team. I, I, I think there's a chance LSU beats Alabama if he doesn't get drilled in that game in the second half. And he had a world record game against Florida, went into Oxford against another team that's playing in a New Year's Six Bowl, played against Florida State and put up good numbers. I just, I don't, I don't even. He also had to be almost perfect. Yeah, with that no defense. defense. It's so, it's just such a strange, I mean, I don't really, in the whole scheme of things, I don't care, but it just, it just struck me. I agree with the Illsider's overall point that the Heisman voting is, it's, it's, I mean, we can talk about this with Hall of Fame voting for baseball and so on and so forth, just how perverse the process is. But whatever, I'm just, uh, the, what, what are there, 800 votes or something like that? Nine-something last I knew. 900 yeah. voters, Doug. <laughs> I think a lot of people probably just don't actually vote. Like, there, there's probably 100 people that didn't actually vote that have a vote. Yeah. Yeah. Well, all right, Cody Schrader, somebody got the first... We, and we, we can't find out who you don't. Those aren't public unless people make them public. Like yeah, people, I think, make them public if they want to. But, yeah, I don't have any idea who voted him first. Who else? Missouri fans, big fans of that person. Though. So, you see, yeah, so I was about to say, like, who gets vote? Does, like, the Post's badge get a vote and Kansas City Star and Columbia paper? Um, I don't know. There, uh, there are seven or eight voters in the state, I know. Okay. Um Dave Matter had to give up his when he went to work right. with the university, so I don't really know who took that one over. Uh, you could get it, McKernan. I mean, I know people far less qualified who have <laughs> I think that's an endorsement, Doug. <laughs> I think yeah, it's an yeah. endorsement. I'm not, I'm not really looking for additional responsibility, but after looking at the voting, it doesn't seem like many people are taking it seriously anyway. As far as responsibility, it took me all of about six minutes on uh, Sunday morning. But I mean, I'm like, I want to do a good job with it. I'm just like, how the hell are these votes, some of these votes made? Clearly, like, I, I'm reading here, there's 870 media votes, 57 former Heisman Trophy winners, okay. and one national fan vote. Yeah, there you go. So, so they pick one random maybe the fan. National fan vote with Cody Schrader. <laughs> yeah, I was about to say, like somebody man. like with thirty thousand posts mm-hmm. on Tiger Board got to make a vote this year. <laughs> you imagine getting an email from like the press. Colonel, always enjoy the conversations. Thank you for your uh, thank you. Thank you know what the straightforward opinion on the Chiefs uh, thing last because I was confused by that, but I'm like, well, if the Colonel really feels like it was wrong, then maybe I'll take it seriously. But uh, no, yeah. I mean, look, I, I I would like to have a bunch of anger at the official not telling him in advance he was committing a penalty, but uh, I, I can't really have a lot of anger about that. Such a strange thing. You'd feel worse about the official if he didn't call it, wouldn't you? Well, they threw the. Fl- I mean, you could see the flag you know, in the air I before Mahomes threw the feel ball. Much better about the official had he not called it. Yeah, I, I would yeah. prefer that. But um, the most appropriate way for that game to end, uh, and anybody that watches the Chiefs fans, the Chiefs this year would know that, 
is if Kadarius Tony had simply dropped the lateral. From <laughs> <laughs> That's right. right. Picked it up and won the that game. True. That would have been far, far more appropriate. But it's not like they had any chances to win that game along the way. Either. Yeah, there were only uh, ten. Colonel, always appreciate it. All right, guys, have a good one. Bye, Gabe. Uh, lobbying for me to be a Heisman voter. This uh, is, yes, uh, James. This is what we're competing with uh, from fandoms. So this is on the Gamecocks, like Power Mizzou type board. We talked it over as a family and made a difficult decision. We decided as a family to not do Christmas presents this year, but instead we will donate that money to NIL. My 12-year-old son made me so proud when he looked me in the eye and said, Dad, it's the only way we're ever going to beat Coach Drink. I'm not going to lie. Seeing my six-year-old daughter with tears in her eyes made this even tougher for my wife to get on board, but it'll all be worth it if we can get that wide receiver from Vanderbilt. <laughs> oh, for crying out loud. <laughs> that is dedication. That's a beautiful story, Doug. <laughs> you think that's real? Yeah. I kind of do, actually. <laughs> People would give up Christmas to help recruit. <laughs> so, Coach Tim, Beamer. you're a little older than me, but, like, life experience were pretty similar, yep. minus maybe the orgies back in the day. Right, yeah. Uh, Still on a quest. Doug. So are, December 29th, you're going to be watching, right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Okay, but emotionally, it's not going to move the needle one way or the other if they win or lose for you. I, I, that That's different than how there are games, like when Missouri lost to Kansas. If they would have won, I would have been excited about mm-hmm. it. Yeah. But if they lost, like when Missouri lost to LSU more than Georgia, kind of interestingly to me, like when it played out, I was, I legitimately, and I'm embarrassed by this, but uh, I want to be honest with the audience, I went upstairs and I'm just like I need I need to cool off for a little while. <laughs> okay, I was that upset about that because I started to think they might. I thought I was starting to have visions of 2007, 2013, right, I get which that. was kind of early in the season to have that. And as you know, one of the things when we play golf or just BS away from the radio, my big thing with Missouri fans when it comes to football, we don't really talk basketball, is low expectations it drives me up the wall with right in business you know if i'm working with you know in a, in a place where there aren't higher expectations for success it's just how i'm programmed it's not really pleasant but that's how i'm wired and because bowl games just don't matter i think for older fans they think of bowl games how they used to be they aren't that it's like gabe writing about missouri kansas and so losing to lsu and losing to Georgia, and I was more irritated about Georgia for other reasons that we talked about privately, but uh, those took Missouri out of a championship. This wouldn't impact a and championship. I and I think it could impact the program positively by being an 11-win team in a in a uh, finishing sixth, I guess, I think is where they could be. I guess Oregon would have to lose to Liberty, I think, would probably be what would have to happen. But I think that's possible. But, again, if Oregon and Liberty were to play in Eugene or even wherever Liberty is, and I'm probably never going to stop by. I'm a big Falwell guy, but I'll probably <laughs> never stop by. Uh, then, you know, I mean, what are the chances that Liberty beats that team? But in a bowl game, we go, well, I mean, Liberty might beat them. Why? Because Oregon, will, it, it just isn't the same thing. And yeah. that's that's – so I think for fans, and I imagine you're in this camp, you sure. want it to matter, but in re- and it, and it can't get on. It, it, nobody determines what it matters, but if it was such a huge deal, you wouldn't have Ohio State players all the opt-outs, opting yeah. out. And that and the, so the shame of it, I think the reason why it's, I, I, it, it bothers me, I guess bothers me is a little strong, is because I think Missouri, I think Ohio State might be the best team in the country. As crazy as that sounds, because it's so you're so dogmatically wired like what they're, they're six and I'm like well they lost by what six points On or three road, points yeah. or whatever the hell in Ann Arbor mm-hmm. I mean, it, well, Georgia could be the best team I don't know who the best team in the country this year is a lot of times I do I, I think Missouri could beat Ohio State when they're at their best I really do think that yeah. and I don't say that I don't know if I say that any year 
But we're not going to get a chance to see that, and that sucks. At the same time, if I'm an Ohio State player, whether it be Harrison or the 10 others who will opt out, I totally understand it. Just like if Drinkwitz dodged Kansas last year, I understand it. I totally get it. If he's like, man, I'm not on firm footing, and the last thing I need to do is lose to Kansas, point, guys are going to yeah. opt out, I'm not going to mess with my career for a effing bowl game. So I get it, and I understand you got to deny the whole thing. So that that that's it. No, if Missouri loses to Ohio State, it won't. I won't be like, damn it, it will rank. Way I guess they're only two. Yeah, yeah, I mean, but the LSU and Georgia ones, absolutely. Is you Jackson know. on? What's up? Hey, Jackson, let me ask you this. Well, Jackson what, was of the opinion that the Kansas-Missouri game was... And I get... And, and obviously, there were other people that sided with him on that. Oh, is that right? Because I, I saw, I think, a poll on, on TMA fan page and then your guys' show okay. last week. But, Jackson, would you have been... Which one were you more confident in when Mizzou was tied with Georgia and Athens at 10-10? Or when, when Mizzou was beating Kansas 15-6 on Saturday? Which one would have surprised you more had Mizzou it's come out victorious? That's a great question. I think there is an easy answer to this. <laughs> which one would I be more surprised if they won? No, yes. no, no. When, when it was 10-10 at the half, uh-huh. In Athens, and what Missouri was up fifteen to six. Yeah. <laughs> which at, at that point, what were you? Which one would have surprised you more for the outcome to end with a Missouri victory? The Kansas game. Yeah, hundred percent. Basketball is a game of runs. Basketball is a game of runs, and Georgia hadn't lost in a long time. I mean, I think it's. I think you can argue either way. But the, the, the difference is in that game, and I don't say this. I was talking with a former Missouri player on Saturday night. And he, and he, you know, I mean, he he was active, and uh, and I said the difference this year, but it's it's so nerdy, is the line play. And yeah. Missouri's lines held up on Every both game, sides, yeah. in uh, specifically against Georgia. Right. And I'm like, if you can do that, then you can beat anybody. But I also understand the casual fan doesn't watch offensive and defensive lines unless somebody is is going off on the defensive side of it, or he had an Orlando pace back in the day where sure. people are tracking pancake blocks. Beating Kansas, I'm like, I, I actually was watching it, and I'm like, ooh, I wonder if somehow Kansas is an underdog, and they were still like minus 540 when is they were right? when they were up 15 to <laughs> okay, six. I think, I think at one point it got to three minus 360. Holy smokes! But we got we got done. I was watching the game with just my wife, the game against Georgia. And I know you were there, uh-huh. and I go. They outplayed Georgia. Now, I know that won't be the narrative because I know college football people have to watch a bunch of different games at once. But if you were watching that game intensely, they outplayed them. I mean, Georgia needed a fourth down, what, conversion or penalty or something in the first quarter. And then obviously we would know what happened with the second half. But at the first half, they outplayed them. And I'm going... This is otherworldly. That's why it was kind of disappointing to be tied, even if you would have told me before the game right. it'd be tied at halftime after watching that first half. Ooh, left 100%. a lot on the table there. 100%. Yeah. I agree with you. And I think I can't recall who's getting the ball first. Maybe Missouri. Mizzou, I think Missouri got the ball Missouri first. Missouri got the ball first. Yeah, because Georgia had that long it. drive that ended a field goal on the first, on the first right. drive out of the and first And so my half. whole thing is you just – I just I don't, but it depends. Like if you're just like, yeah, I just want to I just want to make X number of dollars a year and I don't want to have stress, I get – if anything, I kind of respect – I don't know if respect it, but I, I admire that. Mm-hmm. And so if you're like, yeah, I, I'm a Missouri fan and I just want to win seven or eight games, yeah, then you're never really going to be all that stressed out unless it's a four and eight year. But I want to see championships. I want to try to, you know, do ridiculous things that I may never be able to do. So therefore, the bar is one of co- constantly never being satisfied, which therefore makes it an unpleasant way to live slash unpleasant way to be a fan. Yep. So if you are excited about a bowl game, I am jealous of you. Well, you know, you know? If, if, from a business perspective, if you're at the end of the year here, the calendar year, and you're probably not going to hit your your wildly important goal, 
but there's still a chance. There's still something on the table to play for. I'm going to go after that, even though there's only two weeks sure, left in the I'm year. not saying don't go after yeah, it. Yeah, it would, it would saying... still move me a little bit. Nowhere near uh, in Atlanta. I mean, let's. I mean, or or Athens this year. I mean, nowhere near that. Or, but... or the LSU game for me. Yeah, yeah. No, no I get that because I was. Yep, absolutely. But it's like when Missouri. Uh, you know, who'd they beat after they beat? Was it Minnesota? Or no, they played Oklahoma State that yeah. year, and then they played Minnesota after losing Alabama. And in both those cases, you know, but I, but I know that, <laughs> by the way, I am, I'm, aware, I'm well aware that I'm in the minority, and I'm not castigating fans for getting excited about bowl games. What does bother me with a portion of Missouri fans is not realizing that, why, that Missouri can be a championship program. Absolutely. That is, that's, that's, and that's why I think I get, you know, some Missouri fans are like, oh, he's not supportive of the program or something like that, whatever yeah. it is. Air, kind of like Gabe with the Chiefs fans. I know what I think. I know who I pull for. I know I was emotionally distraught after the LSU game. Mm. So if that's the case, then I guess I'm a very strange anti-Missouri person. But whatever, it doesn't. I'd rather have these uh, tough losses to LSU and Georgia, or you know, re- recollecting sure, on that. Than, absolutely. You know, last year, right. so, this, so it's been great, and I think this could you know be a launching pad into the next season for recruiting for transfer portal. We'll Breaking see. news on the transfer portal. Come on, Jackson, give me something. Georgia State transfer running back Marcus Carroll tells On Three Sport he's committed to Mizzou. Okay. First team All Sun Belt selection, ranked number six in NCAA this year with. 1,300 rushing. I wonder Georgia if that State. means Etienne's out. That's uh, the that's, Colonel's That's, that's Joe Pelosi's. That is. Uh, no, <laughs> yes. Colonel, the, yeah, but yes. producer Joe. Yeah, I would assume that Etienne, he's, he, a lot of Georgia is what I'm seeing on yeah. Etienne. You and think then, Joe pulled some strings to <laughs> Maybe so. Well, that's nice. Yeah, that's, he, had, he had the numbers, and, and obviously, you know, that's a, a good void to fill. So, I mean, they still have the kid from St. Mary's, the kid from Texas that was a highly recruited guy that has, I mean, so they still have some backs we haven't seen. Uh, but that is a void they need to fill. But I know we've taken up enough time. You no, we always do. enjoy your conversations. Yeah. Uh, that's James Carlton, and he's online at carltoninsurance.net, and he's my insurance agent. He's a Plowix insurance agent. What do you have, 349 five-star reviews now? It's unbelievable. People even five-star reviews about that's insurance a lot of agent. reviews. That's what they do. A five-star Carlton, caliber. Carlton State Farm Insurance Agency. Hey, we're giving away those Cardinal tickets for uh, the Design Air Heating and Cooling email of the day. Of like a five-pack, Jackson? Is that what it is? Yeah, five games. Yep. It's the Friday five-pack for the Design Air Heating and Cooling email of the day that comes your way in a matter of moments here on TMA, presented to you by Brown and Crouppen from the Michelob Ultra Studios.